All right, well, Happy New Year. Um, uh, so good to see all of you. I haven't seen some of you since last year. Um, you look the same. You haven't changed. Uh, you're looking good. Um, you know, I was lots of eating these past few weeks. If you're like me, you know, I was doing good. After Thanksgiving, and you know, I was on the scale, and I thought, man, I'm doing good. Then Christmas and New Year's, and, like, I don't even want to go on the scale no more. But... You know, I realized that, you know, what makes all these holidays and all these, like, these meals and all that, what makes it so great is it's not just the food, right? It's, it's not about the food. You know, it's about the people you eat with, right? It's, it's about the relationships, you know. And that's why, you know, like, if you lost a loved one in the, in the holidays and, you know, it's, it's tough, you know. Or if, you know, when my, when my father died, my father died in January, um, you know, that year, and then came the holidays, and it was really rough because we had the same food pretty much, but man, something really huge was missing, you know. And uh, I just started to realize, you know, as I looked around, and I thought, but it really is about, about the relationships and the people. And, you know, you could go to, like, the largest buffet in the world, you know, right? You go to the largest buffet in the world, you go there yourself or you go there with strangers, you're probably not going to enjoy yourself um, that much, you know. Um, just when I said that, I, I got to Google. I, I don't know if you know. I mean, what, what is the largest buffet in the world anyway? Like, where is that thing? You know, what does that look like? I want to see something. Max, we should go one day to the largest buffet in the world. You know, I was thinking about that, and it's really about relationships, and that's how it was. When Jesus was walking to earth and the culture that he was in, it was about that too. When he ate with people, it wasn't just about the meal. What was really important, it was about the relationship. It was about the friendship. It was, you know, about the acceptance. It was like who you ate with said something about who you are, you know. And who you refused to eat with also said something about you. So people would look. And they would judge you by the company you held, right? And eating was a big part on that. And on one occasion, uh, Jesus was passing through Jericho. He was headed to Jerusalem. He was going to go to the Passover feast. There was a whole bunch of uh, people. There was a whole crowd following him on the road. And, and he, stopped in, he stopped in Jericho, and he picked someone really, really surprising to eat with. You know, of all the houses in Jericho, of all the people in Jericho, he picks the one guy that everyone else would have avoided. He picks the one guy that would probably stir up the most controversy. He could have probably picked anybody else to eat with, and it wouldn't have the effect on that town with the person that he um, decided to eat with. And as we start this new year, we're going to look at, for some of you, it might be a really familiar story about... Um, this man named Zacchaeus and uh, Jesus' encounter with him. But I want to say that um, I believe that God is, is wanting to speak to us. I mean, to truly speak to our hearts and our lives uh, from this story. You know, Jesus told a lot of stories because this makes an impact in people's lives. We've been going, we've been storying through the Bible, right? We started from Genesis. Uh, we're going to take a little, a little break. Well, we're going to go back, and we're, we went up to Joshua, and we're looking at different people and different stories because we remember those things. God speaks to us um, in those stories. But, but open your hearts this morning 
and allow God to speak to you uh, from this. For some of you, it might be a familiar story. Because I think God has a word for us as we begin uh, this new year. You know, as, as we begin to answer his call for our lives. All right, so let's pray. And um, let's ask God for some help this morning. Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you for your word. That your word is so precious. That, 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 um, that you've given us a book that we can get to know you. We can know what your desires are. We know what your marching or your standards for living is. It's all in this book called the Bible. So we thank you so much. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes, opens our hearts, makes the word clear for us to understand. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us right where we are. Speak to each person here right where we are that your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, that, that your word would make a difference in our lives today. So come, Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you have your Bibles. You can go to, to Luke chapter 19. Um, Luke is after probably the, the best book in the Bible, Mark. So you go, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke is right there, chapter 19. And um, we read... Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road where Jesus was going to pass that way. And, you know, as a tax collector, some of you know, um, he, he was probably the richest man in town, but the problem was he was the richest man because of all the excess taxes that he collected from everybody else, you see. Nobody knew how much taxes were required. He would go to people and tell them what was required. So it might have been like, you know, Pat for nine, 10 bucks. And he'll go to Pat, Pat, 40 bucks this year. And, you know, okay, 40 bucks, you know. And uh, so he got really rich. And he got rich off everyone else. And everybody knows, you know, that he was getting rich um, on everybody else. And uh, he was looked at as a corrupt, despised traitor. You know, here he was. He's taking advantage of his, his own people, you know. So not a really nice guy. And we see in verse 5, Jesus came by. He looked up at Zacchaeus, right? He's, he's passing by in the tree. He was like, what is that monkey in the tree? And he says, hey, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. And here's the thing. You have this corrupt, despised tax collector. But there's something about Jesus. There's something about Jesus that drew Zacchaeus to him, that at least he was curious, like, I got to at least see Jesus. There's something about that guy. And, and here is Zacchaeus, you know, making an effort, right, to, to, to go and see Jesus. And, you know, nobody likes him, so nobody's, excuse me, excuse me, uh-uh. Nobody's going to make way for Zacchaeus to get to the front. But Zacchaeus said, you know what, I'm a tree. You know, I mean, I don't think there were anybody else in trees that day except Zacchaeus. And, and here is this guy in a tree, the most hated guy in a tree. 
but give him this much, he was curious enough to do what it take, took to get at least get a look at this, at this man named Jesus. And then Jesus goes and he, and he uh, stops and he looks up and he says, hey, I want to have a meal at your house. And the crazy thing is, how did, how did he know what Zacchaeus' name was? Right? Nobody told him. He didn't ask, hey, who is that monkey in that tree? But Jesus knew even the despised, crooked tax collector that Jesus knew him by name. You know? And that, when I read that, I thought, you know, how amazing our Jesus is. That, that he knows us by name. That he knows Zacchaeus by name. This rotten, dirty guy. And he knows all of us by name. Hey, Mark, what you doing in that tree? You know? And how amazing that he knows him by name. And as you look at the story, there are like these three voices that you hear in this story. Right? The first voice, as we read on, there's this voice, the voice of the gathered crowd. Yeah, the crowd that was watching and seeing what's going on in Luke 19, going on in verse 7. The people were gathered, right? The crowds gathered around. They saw what was going on, verse 7. But the people, here's Zacchaeus. He's all excited, right? Verse 6. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious, not just a sinner, of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Okay? So he stops, he sees Zacchaeus in the tree, he says, I gotta have a meal at your house. Zacchaeus goes home, he's all excited, get ready. But the people who gathered around say, he's gonna go and share a meal with who? They weren't happy. They were grumbling. Why would Jesus want to associate with such a person, someone obviously far from God. Of all the people in our city, why him, right? And arising from the crowd was this voice of displeasure. They're shocked, they're angry, because Jesus was not behaving the way he was supposed to. They said, that's not how Jesus is supposed to act. Like, if he really is who he says he is, why is he going to the house of this notorious sinner? And aren't there times when Jesus does things that doesn't make sense to you, right? There are times when we wonder, like, what are you doing, Jesus? Does he do things that you aren't happy about? Sometimes I don't understand why. It's easy to think, Jesus, why do you allow this and that or so-and-so to succeed, right? I mean, can't you see that that person really isn't a nice person? I mean, you got so many more nicer, godlier people than them. Yeah, you know, and, and we get those thoughts. And, 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 and the truth is, we will be offended by some of the things Jesus does or he doesn't do that we're going to question some of the things he does and he doesn't do. And the temptation for all of us 
is to, is to make Jesus into someone who fits our thinking and our reasoning. See, and the bottom line is if we do that, like the crowd, we make Jesus into someone he really isn't. And, and we miss out on all the things that God wants for us. When we make Jesus into something he isn't, that's called religion. See, that's religion. It's like we want a Jesus who does this, who's that, does all these things, doesn't do that. That's the Jesus we want. We want a Jesus on a leash to do what we want him to do, to behave how we want him to behave. And, and we got to beware. We got to beware of the voice of the crowd, outside and inside, looking at Jesus and saying, man, what is he doing? You know, and grumbling about some of the things that he's doing. And so we have that voice. We got to beware of the voice of the crowd. And then there's a voice of Zacchaeus, verse 8. Meanwhile, they're grumbling. Oh, why is that going on? Meanwhile, Zacchaeus, you know, he goes home, gets the meal together. Jesus is there. He's in Jesus' presence, you know, talking with Jesus, you know, spending time with him. And, and somewhere in the midst of this meal, somewhere in the, you know, in the time when Jesus is over, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. And the people are gathered, right? And he says, Something just crazy, right? The most crooked, despised person in that city says, I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. You know? And if I've cheated people, which he's cheated everybody, right? And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. He didn't just say, well, you know what? I messed up. From now on, no more cheating. And if I cheated anyone, I'm just going to apologize, sincerely apologize. He went beyond that, and he made restitution, and he went beyond that, and he says, half of what I got, and it was considerable, I'm going to give it to the poor. And if I cheated anybody, you know what? If I, four times the amount, I'm going to give it back. And Zacchaeus went from this self-centered, selfish person to this repentant person whose heart was now opened by God to God, and he begins to love like Jesus loved. And he begins to see things in a whole new light. He opened his life to Jesus, received him for who he was, and he chose to follow him. He put feet to his feet. He didn't say, man, that Jesus was cool. He didn't just say that. He put feet to his feet. And he made radical, radical changes. That's the voice of someone who has truly encountered Jesus. See, when, when you encounter the true Jesus, it's going to radically change your life. If you encounter the religious Jesus who does whatever you want, you got nothing. But when you encounter the Jesus of the Bible, experience his love, you hear his words, your life changes. It's a radical change. And, and when we hear Zacchaeus, 
saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to return. That's the voice of a follower of Jesus. That's the voice of a follower of Jesus. And then the third voice is the voice of Jesus. Verse 10. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost. And he responds to Zacchaeus, and he responds to the crowd. And he says, Zacchaeus is a true son of Abraham. Because he's putting feet to his faith. He's not just like, yes, I believe in Jesus. There's changes going on that, that God has so transformed his life that there's radical changes that takes place. And he says, Zacchaeus is a true son of Abraham. You know, he says that he is indeed in the line of, of promise that God made to Abraham hundreds of years earlier. He was in the line to receive the blessings, promises, despite all the poor choices that he made. He says, you know what? He's in. It doesn't matter what he's done in the past. It, it matters what he's doing right now. And yeah, he was the most rotten, dirty, notorious sinner around. But he has so changed his life. He is truly, you know, a son of Abraham. Salvation has come to this house today. And then, and then he declares to the crowd, the crowd that's gathered, the crowd that's shocked. I can just imagine, what, like, what did Zacchaeus say? What did Zacchaeus, you know? And they're bewildered by what's going on. And Jesus declares to the crowd that whatever they thought Jesus was supposed to be and what he was supposed to do was wrong. That, that Jesus was, was, was declaring that despite what they might think, he was truly the Son of Man. Yeah, I said, look, look, I am who I said I was. I am the Son of Man. And Jesus would call himself the Son of Man more than any other title in the Bible. That's what he called himself the most. And it was a declaration that he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And how did you have, you can't have 200 in, because 100 is the most you can have. But that's the mystery of the whole thing. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And if you like, you know, theological Phrases and words, that's called the hypostatic union. Yeah? 100% God, 100% man. You know? Guys, if you go up to you know, a girl that you're interested in and say, I just learned something today. I learned about the hypostatic union. They'll be so like, wow, did. And they'd, you know, they'd like look at you and you might have a shot with her just because of the hypostatic union. All right? But that's what that is. 100% God, 100% human. And he says that, hey, Here's the whole point. I am the son of man. 100% God, 100% human. But here's the thing that you don't understand. That I have come to seek and save that what was lost. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to make you all happy. I'm not here to do what you want. I am here to seek and save that which was lost. That, that I have come for those in need of a savior even a corrupt tax collector like Zacchaeus. 
That's why I came. And how often do we assume we know who Jesus is and what he's supposed to do? I hear so many people outside the church and inside the church making statements about what Jesus would do in certain situations and certain circumstances. You know, that, that they're, they're making declarations about, no, you know, I know WWG, I know what Jesus would do. This is what Jesus would do. Well, really, is it really what Jesus would do? Is it really what Jesus wouldn't do? You see, I hear people sharing definitions of what they believe the love of God is. But, but, but is it really what Jesus would actually do? Is it really what he would actually say? Too often, too often we create a Jesus to fit our values and our beliefs. You see, that's what we do. That we lower the Son of Man and make him the son of Mark. You know, where I know what Jesus would do. See, God is love, and this is what God would do. Or God is just. This is what God would do. And I don't allow Jesus to be Jesus. And there are going to be times when he's going to be offensive to my mind. You know? Because if you really read the Jesus of the Bible, he says some tough things. You know, some tough things. And, and we got to understand that if we're going to be a follower of Christ, we got we to gotta see Jesus for who he really is. And there are going to be times he's going to offend us. There are going to be times he's going to like mess with our mind. But that's what makes us followers of Jesus. You see? If we listen to his voice, trust him for who he is, look what can happen. Look what can happen. You look in Zacchaeus. There's one encounter with one guy. We see a lasting impact in a person's life. Zacchaeus meets Jesus, receives him as Savior. His life is radically, radically transformed. But that's not it. Encounter with one guy. This transformed man makes a widespread impact in his world. Corruption in that city is reversed. As the tax, as the chief tax collector, no more stealing is going to occur. The whole corruption in the city gets changed from one encounter with Jesus. The economy of the city is changed. Half of Zacchaeus's considerable wealth will be given to the poor in the city. Money that was stolen would be returned. In fact, four times the amount. What would happen? What would happen if and, and I'm not saying Bill Gates a crook. Okay, so don't hear that part. But this what if Bill Gates goes, you know, I'm going to give half my wealth to the economy of Hawaii. I mean, what would happen? What would happen? What would happen if a considerable million billionaire gave half their wealth to a third world country 
who they don't even have that much money to be, it would just change a country. And here, in an encounter with Jesus, one man is transformed and the whole city changes. Tradition has it that Zacchaeus was so transformed that he later became the first bishop of the church in Caesarea. Now, that's just tradition. So Bible says, I don't know. But we see a lasting effect that he continued to give and to serve the city at large. One man, one encounter, totally changed his life. But let's not forget what happens in the whole city. A whole city was changed. What is God saying to us as we step into 2017? I believe God is saying, encounter Jesus and receive hope. Just encounter Jesus and receive hope. For some of you, this is a tough time. You might be discouraged. You might be, you know, you might think, man, it's like another year has gone, have gone by and things haven't changed. I haven't changed. It's a mess. My life's a mess. Encounter Jesus and receive hope. That if you are in any way feeling far from God, let God speak to you this morning that, that, that Jesus, who, who sees a corrupt tax collector up in a tree and calls him by name, knows you, and he calls you by name. Receive hope. As we head into this year, Encounter Jesus and just transform your life. Encounter Jesus and transform your life. Like Zacchaeus, do whatever it takes in response to God's, to, to God's love to you through an encounter with Jesus. Do whatever it takes. Open your heart. Ask Jesus to come in. Ask him to come in. And if there's changes to be made, that you're going to make those changes. Some might be little ones. Some might be really huge ones like Zacchaeus. But encounter Jesus and make those changes. See, you're going to have to choose what voice that you're going to listen to in your life. Will it be the voice in the world, of the world around you, kind of grumbling, whispering and grumbling, oh, you know, Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Or are you going to listen to the voice of Jesus who has come to seek and save that which was lost. You see? What voice are you going to listen to? And then, you know, encounter Jesus, join his mission to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus came to seek and save everyone and everything that was lost when sin entered the world. See, when sin separated us from our Father in heaven, Jesus came to seek and to rescue everyone who's been separated from the Father's love. That's all of us. And, and, and with sin and greed came systemic poverty and where few people got rich and get rich and, and some in an illegal way and everyone suffered financially Here's God in an encounter with Zacchaeus reverses the whole thing. Reverses the whole thing. 
And maybe God wants to do that in your life. Or maybe God wants to use you to introduce someone to Jesus. And that encounter will just totally change their lives, will change the world around them. I don't know. But when Jesus calls this church to take this land, that's what this means. That we go in the love and the power of Jesus. Not the Jesus we think, but the Jesus of the Bible. How do we know when we're doing that? You know how we know? When people all around us might not agree with us, but they like hearing about Jesus. Because whenever you read in the Bible, all these people who were labeled as sinners, they loved hanging around Jesus. It was the religious people that had a problem. And if we're walking in the love of Jesus, that we'll have conversations with all kinds of people. We don't have to agree. I'm not going to argue someone to the kingdom. That's, that's God's job. My job is just to introduce them. My job is just to encourage and invite people to take steps, take a step to belong. And you know what? God accepts you. He loves you. He accepts you the way you are. You can be a dirty, rotten sinner like Zacchaeus. But will you take a step to belong, part of God's family? And then our job is to invite people to believe. The next step is, you know what? Maybe it's time to believe in the Jesus that kind of brought us all together here. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done. We allow him to come and enter your life to be your savior and to just transform your life. He loves you the way you are, but he knows how he created you. He wants so much more. And then our, our job is to invite people to, to become, to become a, 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 a true follower of Christ. That's our job. Get people to take steps to belong, believe, and become. Jesus does the rest. He does the rest. But he needs us to go out. See, it starts with us. It starts with you. And it starts with me. I, I, I always, I love reading this story of Zacchaeus because it gives me hope that, that I can mess up I do mess up, you know. I mess up a lot, more than you can imagine. But Jesus knows me by name, and he loves me. You know, he loves me so much. He says, Mark, come on. And slowly but surely, he's beginning to transform my life. And that's what he wants to do in yours. And so I just want to encourage you. Maybe as you start the year, maybe for some of you, it's just to say, you know, Jesus, 
yeah, I've, I've been kind of trying to make a Jesus that fits into my, my life and my values and my beliefs. Maybe I need to really put my faith and trust in, in the true Jesus of the Bible. And, and, and for some of you, it might be, you know, I, I get it. And it might mean, so, okay, I'm going to accept you, Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. This is Jesus who met with Zacchaeus. I'm going to ask you to come into my life like you came into Zacchaeus. For some of you, you've never, ever done that. Today, just say, Jesus, I need you. For others, it's like, man, I, I've kind of drifted far, far away. You know? I, I went from the real Jesus to, like, uh, I don't know the Jesus I follow anymore. And maybe it's time to come back. And to say, you know what, Jesus? Zacchaeus did whatever he had to do to at least look at you, to meet with you. I want to come back. And whatever it takes, I want to do because I want to be in connection with you. That's you. I want to pray. Just pray and just let God, let Jesus come in. And others, it might be, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to stop thinking about ourselves and say, Jesus, you came to seek and save that those which was lost. It's about time I joined you on that mission. And that's what you called our church. It's time to take the land. And you say, Jesus, today, today's the day. Because it's only through transformed lives that our city, our state, and our country and our world is going to be transformed. That's the only way. And God can do this. He's done it in the past. He can do it in the future. So why don't you stand with me. Let's pray. And I want to encourage you, if you never ever prayed to receive Christ, let today be the day. But wait, if you accept Jesus today, you get a free pack. No, just, I mean, really, if you, I shouldn't say that. makes it really cool. Anyway, uh, we have a, a, a packet, a gift for you. If you just make a decision, say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to follow and I'm going to trust Jesus. There's some of these, like, like these gift things. They're on the table out there. You pray with me. Just grab one. Okay? Grab one. There's a Bible in here. There's some real basic things that you need to know as you begin your new life. Um, there's a pen. And there's a, a, a little book about Easter. Uh, the reality of Easter is in here. And uh, it's a great thing to begin your new life, right? So let's pray. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you that we, we can read with amazement a story of your love so transforming the life of someone like Zacchaeus. And although maybe we're not, we don't consider ourselves as bad as Zacchaeus was, uh, we understand that, that, that we've messed up. And so we ask, Father, and maybe for some of us for the very first time, Jesus, will you come into my life and be my Savior as you did in Zacchaeus' life? Will you so transform my life that my life would never, ever be the same? Just come in right now, Jesus. I ask you, please. Some of us is man, Jesus, I've drifted really far. That 
I hate to admit it, but I stopped following you and made up a different kind of Jesus. And I want to come back to you. Forgive me. Thank you that you accept me back. Transform my life. Give me the grace to do whatever I need to do to make whatever changes I need to make in my life. And Father, for all of us, help us. Help us to be, to really be messengers of good news to the world around us. That, that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is real, that Jesus wants to change lives. That we just invite people to come and belong, be a part of God's family. Take a step to believe in Jesus as their Savior. And to take a step to, to become and to live the life, to become a disciple of Jesus. And to live a life that He's always meant us to live. Father, help us. We thank you in Jesus' name.